0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians, the fourth chapter. I'm going to begin a series tonight called The Seven Redemptive Names of Jehovah, or God, you know. um, why? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And if um, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, uh, maybe it's the eighth, ninth or 10th chapter, you can look it up yourself. It says that we have a better covenant established on better promises. So would you agree with me if that, that if there were some blessings or promises in the Old Testament for God's Old Testament believers I'm going to believe that same promises are for us today as New Testament believers. Yeah. Come on, work with me. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. Because we have a better covenant established on better promises. One of the better promises or the most important one is that we can be born again and have a spiritual connection with God that the Old Testament believer didn't have. We have God living on the inside of us by his spirit. Oh, by the way, I also want to invite everybody, including those online, to the uh, Sunday service because I'm doing a series series on the, the 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 person power and, and purpose of the holy spirit if there was ever a time in the history of the church age that we understand the ministry of the holy spirit as today say this out loud i'm not alone, I not alone. say say this I, I will never be alone I will Amen. Because when you become a child of God, the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of you, and so we want to get to know Him, and so that every day we can trust Him, His every day we can trust His leadership. Praise God, and uh, and we get that from His Word. So, we'll, so don't miss on Sunday service. So. Now, because we're children of God and we belong to God, that we uh, are not of this world or we're not of this world's economic system. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens. Uh, the, st- uh, the stock market doesn't determine or uh, uh, how the provision uh, for your life. God determines that. I said his word pr- uh, determines that. And that's what we have to go to. Amen. The nation's uh, economic highs and lows does not dictate our present or future provision. Uh, unless we allow it to. And that's why I think, uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, when, I, when I put this message together, I didn't want to be a negative. I didn't want to be pessimistic. But on the other hand, um, as you can already see, that things are escalating uh, rapidly, especially in the area of a building. And um, I had one gentleman who, who builds homes said last year he gave a, a bid to build a house uh, uh, and he had to raise it uh, that was in October. He had to raise it now $60,000 because of the cost of of um, everything. Everything wood and steel and everything's going up. Plaster, I mean, whatever mud, whatever it's all going up, escalating. But it's not escalating just because the economy is good. Uh, it's called inflation, and um, and I'm not sure how much higher it can go before we see a, a significant plunge. But no matter what the economy does in the earth, we have to be trained and taught the Word of God so that we stay in faith and stay out of fear. If you believe that, say amen. We have been a nation. I went into Russia in 1983 uh, while it was communism, and then I returned in 1986 with my wife and Angie, our, our youngest daughter, was part of that journey, and while it was communism, it's such oppression. It's, um, it's, it's, it, it, I just can't imagine uh, what, what it's like uh, uh, to be, have a dictatorship-type um, government, and uh, that's what they're trying to do here in America, and um, that's why we pray for our nation, kind of an amen, and so anyway, um, um Yeah. Uh, uh. so there were long lines, three blocks long of people standing in line to eat at the grocery store. Well, when we finally got into the grocery store, there was no groceries in the grocery store, just a few eggs and a few few uh, vegetables and stuff to which they were all, of course, can only, uh, it was only issued so much per family. And, um, That's what you get when you get the wrong governing system. See, what's made America great, of course, is God, but it's been the middle class. It's been a a middle class being able to enjoy the blessing and prosperity that God um, uh, planned for us to have as God-fearing people. Can I have an amen? Amen. And they wanna destroy that and take, they think all the wealth, you take all the wealth away from the rich and give it to the poor, you know what's gonna happen? There'll be just a few rich and everybody else will be poor. And, and that is the way it is, uh, it, and that's what they want to do here in America, and so that's why we pray for our nation, and I pray, this is what I pray, I pray that all of the wickedness, all of the corruption that's going on right now will be exposed, and there will be someone who will rise up in, in the judicial system and take this on and stop this corruption. Why don't we give God a good shout of praise, because I'm believing that's going to happen. Amen. And I'm not trying to be political. I, I just don't want to. I just don't want a dictatorship, uh, dictatorship ruled government in our nation. Uh, that's going to affect my children and my grandchildren. I'm old enough it probably won't affect me, but it's surely going to affect our nation. And that, I don't want to see that. And neither do you want to see it. I spent the last ten, uh, the last uh, uh, week uh, again. And if you want to see it, you need to watch it. It's called World War II in high definition. It says World War II HD, high definition. And, and you young people need to watch it because the fact that... Um, uh, I, you don't know this. I mean, it's just so interesting. I didn't know this. When Japan attacked Pearl Harbor... See, we wanted to stay out of the war. We didn't want nothing to do with the war. Um, and the, we knew... Uh, we, meaning the government, knew what was going on in Europe. They knew that Hitler was had crossed... Again. He took Europe over in just a few months. And, um, all, and he was heading for England, take England over. Well, Japan... Japan Cut a covenant with Hitler, along with um, uh, a few other nations, and so Japan came in and attacked Pearl Harbor, and, and we weren't even part of the war. In fact, in fact, in 19, in, fact, in 1941, we had the smallest military, uh, uh, this one of the smallest militaries uh, of all nations. We we were just we were not equipped uh, for a war, and so when they came and attacked Pearl Harbor and sunk all these ships. Um, I didn't know this. Maybe you knew this. I didn't know this. I didn't know that that very day, the Pearl Happened happened. That very day, they sunk over a thousand freight ships in the Pacific Ocean. And they had taken over, Japan had taken over seven islands just off the Alaska coast. So these guys were right at our door. I mean, these guys, I mean, they, 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 I mean, if it would have been, if if we wouldn't have gotten into the war, which we didn't want to get into, Hitler would have conquered, Japan would have conquered, and this nation would not have survived. So my point in bringing that all up is that, so all the signs of all the things that are going on in the world today, we could be at a verge of a world war. And definitely, de- definitely could be at a verge of some extremely economic situation. 아아 that we don't want to see, so we have to be prepared spiritually. You have to, you have to be prepared. Uh, nobody, in fact, you know, you need to watch, watch it, watch it. It's, it's the most interesting things, but the most hellish things you've ever seen when it comes to war. And there's nothing good about it. But we never started it. They came to say, "We're going to strip you, America. We're going to destroy you. We're going to strip you of your freedoms. We're going to take everything that you have away from you." That was what they were going to do, and they were literally right off the. The coast of California, uh, ready to, uh, to attack our nation. Uh, I mean, on our coasts. So, so yeah, you, you, things are serious. And, and when you get the wrong people governing our nation that don't have any backbone, uh, our President Trump had backbone. He had strength. He was powerful. He was an awesome man. He was a businessman. He was not a politician. And um, I'm sorry, if you don't like him, that's your problem, but I loved him. And... Um, <laughs> but it ain't over. Boy, I'm sure glad I got that off my mind. Praise the Lord. I wasn't planning on saying any of this. I wasn't planning on saying any of it. Amen. Philippians, <laughs> I'm having fun tonight. Philippians, Philippians, the fourth chapter. Let's begin there. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Amen. All right, I know, Paul says, both how to be a base, this is verse 12, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now, I can do all things. And when he, you know, we always quote a scripture, but we're not sure what was actually what that means. He said, I've been, I've been in situations where I have literally gone hungry for days, had nothing to eat. I mean, nothing at all, but it hasn't even moved me when it comes to my faith in God. Because I can do all things th- through Christ which strengthens me. It's interesting that the word which strengthens me because this is what Paul was saying. I can do all things to the anointing of God which strengthens me. That's what he was saying. I said that's what he was saying. Yes. Amen. And then he goes on and says this. Now you uh, uh, notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. He was saying, you gave financially into my ministry, which really did help me, okay? He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I was departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only, and he says, For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. That's us as pastors. It's not the gift. You know, and it doesn't matter what people say. People have heard people say, that's all you do is talk about money. No, I don't. I don't just talk about money, but it does take money to run a ministry. And, and, but at the same time, uh, when something leaves your life, it, it, there's no pleasure in my heart or life, or neither in Pastor Vicky's, that there's not a benefit tagged onto that, that God's going to return a blessing back into your life. Amen. That, that's the joy of receiving it from you. If I believed that all I was doing was taking something from you so that you suffer lack, that would be really a bummer. That would not be the heart of a true shepherd. But my heart is always that God's going to return a great blessing back into your life. Can you give him praise for that, that he will? Amen. And he goes on and says this. He says... Not that I desire a gift, but I desire a fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, I, and, abound and I am full, having received the to the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And then he says this, but my God, he just, he wanted them to know. Now, you remember the church was birthed. The, the church was birthed in great adversity what does that mean because the first 3000 people that were saved were Jews and you understand again they 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 left think about this they left 3000 years of judaism they left 3,000 years of, Judea, of Judaic tradition to accept this thing called Christ or Christianity. And it caused great suffering and hardship because they lost so many. They lost their wealth. They lost their inheritance. They lost their businesses. They lost their name. I mean, they went through great persecution. That's what was going on here. Okay, I just want you to understand the environment. So when Paul said, my goodness, even, in fact, in Corinthians, he says, you've given out of your poverty. You've given out of your poverty. I mean, you had nothing, but you still gave. Isn't that awesome? It was like the woman with the two mites. She, she, she had such a love for God that she gave everything she had. It had nothing to do with an expectation of return on her part. She just simply gave up because she, uh, of, uh, of her great love for God. How many love the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he goes on and says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, pray Christ Jesus. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. The Amplified says it this way. It says, my God will liberally supply or fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. And God's promises uh, don't fluctuate with the stock market. God will keep his word. Uh, amen. But on your part, faith is required. Faith is the substance of things. Hopefully. It still is. It's the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Yeah. So faith is still expected on your part, that when you sow your seed, you can give God praise, number one, for the seed, and number two, that there is a promise tagged on to that giving. If you agree, say amen. amen. Now. God is a God of abundance. I just want you to know this—not not that you be, not that you're seeking abundance, but He's a God of abundance. And um, in the book uh, in, uh, again, tonight, I'm talking about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. We'll look at this scripture where it is here in a moment. But when God set, when God made Adam out of the dirt of the ground, the Bible says He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, or the spirit of life, or the nature of God. And at that moment, Adam became eternally alive. On the side, he was an earth man. On the inside, he was a God man. He was he was supposed to live forever, forever, forever in this earth suit. But when he transgressed, of course, the curse came. And um, and so part of the curse was physical death. Why? Because he died spiritually. Therefore, spiritual death is the father of physical death. And so he was separated from God. And so God, of course, already had salvation planned to bring uh, man back to him spiritually, which you and I are the fruit of that. But when God put him in the garden, you're going to read, for yourself. When God put Adam uh, in the garden, he was surrounded by prosperity. I'm talking about abundance. The Garden of Eden was literally thousands... Of square miles, the Garden of Eden was. It wasn't some little garden. It was it was it, th- it was thousands of square miles. There were four rivers that ran through that uh, uh, through that um, garden. Four rivers, and and also there was a place called Havilah, I believe, and it was filled with gold, pure gold and other precious minerals. Isn't that something? I mean, think about that. I, I mean, God is such an abundant, abounding, prosperous God. Adam he could have lived on six trees. And four goats. I mean, I mean he, could have lived, he could have lived on very little, and yet God wanted to show him how abundant he is. Say this out loud, I serve an abundant God." An abundant God. Amen. Amen. So that, And he, he, he wanted his covenant friend uh, to be well taken care of. Amen. Amen. Now in Genesis 12, if you want to turn there, in Genesis 12, we're going to go to 12, we're going to go to Genesis 22, and just talk a little bit about this man that this faith man called Abraham. Of course, Abraham was in the beginning. His name was Abram, but God changed to Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. Okay, now in Genesis 12, God visited him, Abraham, and when He visited, listen to this. When He came to Abraham, listen to this now. God came with His provision. I just want you to know. When He came to Abraham, He came with His provision. He told Abraham, He says, "I'm going to bless you." And, and and not only am I going to bless, I'm going to bless you so much so that you'll become a blessing. Remember, we do that in our confession. Uh, God wants me blessed so that I can be a blessing, m- right? Uh, years ago, Vicky preached a message, Pastor Vicky preached a message, and in it she says, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. Hey, write that down in your Bible. He says, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. Amen. A lot of times, we, because we're self-centered people, God blesses it, but it stops there. We don't, we don't allow ourselves to become a channel for that blessing to flow through and touch other people. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's what God wants. If God can get it through you, he can get it to you. Amen. So he said, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And in and what was contained in that blessing was an impossible uh, an impossible prayer, and that was that Isaac, Abraham wanted a son. So the impossible prayer was Isaac. Amen. But we know that with God all things are possible. So we know that Abraham stood on the promise that God gave him of a a son, and he stood unwavering, in unwavering faith for 25 years. So it's not just, I just want to, don't want to confuse you, but remember now, in Genesis 12, at the age of 75, he gives them a promise of a child. Now, that child didn't come to fruition uh, for 25 years. Say 25 years. So 25 years, years later, at the age of 99 years old, to when Abraham could not even, he, he couldn't provide any uh, seed, he, you know what I'm saying? He, he was completely withered away. And Sarah was already barren. She was never, uh, ever able to have children, even at a young age. So in the natural, none of this, pro, none of this was, none of this could happen except for God. Amen. Say, except for God. Except for God. Amen. And so God made the promise, Abraham hung on to that promise, and that promise came to fruition, praise God. We give but I really believe, Brother Hagin said this years ago, uh, he said, uh, he says, more believers, uh, uh, the, I mean, the, I mean they're, just, uh, they're just days away from their breakthrough and they give up. And they never get what God had for them because they get discouraged and they step out of faith and, and they start to murmur and complain and never attain to what God had for them all along. Amen. Amen. And so, so he believed God and he got what God promised him. Amen. Brother Hagan taught us years ago if you're willing to wait forever, it won't take so long. I mean, it really is true. And, and, and this never been an easy journey building a church. Now, lately, we have just seen some tremendous things happening. As last Sunday, we went, there's 36 new uh, people joining Faith Family Church. Can we give God praise for that? And, and I mean, I'm humbled. I really am. I, I, there's, I, I'm not boasting. I'm extremely grateful that, that people would stop for a moment and say, hey, I want to be part of your life. I want to be part of your vision. I want to be part of your ministry. So it's a humbling and yet an extremely rewarding um, thing to know that because we didn't quit, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing some fruit from our labors. Praise God. I said, praise God. And then to watch God set people free uh, from addictions and things, it, it's such a great joy. Uh, that you can be a carrier of God's uh, delivering power. Amen. When you go outside these doors and you see people addicted and bound uh, by demonic oppression and stuff, you have the power to break that over their lives, praise God, so that they can be free. If you believe it, say amen. So in Genesis 22, let's go to Genesis 22. I won't actually... It was, um, for the sake of time, I won't read this story, but I'll just kind of talk about it. Now, in Genesis, the 22nd chapter, this is, Randy talked about this uh, when he preached for me when I was gone. And by the way, thank you. And by the way, Austin, thank you for sharing the word while we're gone. And uh, we really appreciate uh, you young bucks uh, taking the pulp and doing a good job. And uh, yeah. Randy wasn't included in that. I was just talking to you. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, he talked about Abraham, how that God gave Abraham a son. Now, I just want, to, remember now, and at 75 years old, he said, now, I'm going to bless you and, so that you can be a blessing. Amen. Make that confession. Say, God wants to bless me God wants to bless so me. that I can be a blessing. So Amen. A blessing. And so, he makes that promise at 75 years old. Now, this comes to pass at uh, uh, 99 years old, okay? And so, here in Genesis 22, now, again, not to, just not, I'm not saying I'm mathemat- mathematically going to be accurate on this, but going to take a guess. Let's say Abraham had Isaac at 100 years old. Now, Isaac, they say, tradition says he was about a teenager when Abraham offered him up on the altar. Okay, so let's just say he was 16, so that make that make um, or 15, 16 years old. So we can look at uh, uh, from time he 75 years old to the time 115 years old. What is that? 40 years has come to pass. So another 40 years comes to pass. He's enjoying this wonderful young man called Isaac, and God calls him to make a sacrifice of Isaac on an altar to which God chose the mountain to do it on. So the Bible says that Abraham picked up his son uh, or, you know, said, come on, boy, we're going up to a mountain and offered to God a sacrifice. And the Bible says that at one point, uh, in fact, we'll just go ahead and pick this up whether he can follow it with the computer or not. Verse 5 says, Abraham said unto his young men... "'Abide ye here with the ass, "'and I and the lad will go yonder and worship "'and will come again to you.'" Isn't that beautiful? He said, we're gonna go worship and we're gonna come back to you. So something was going on in the mind of Abram. So hold on, we'll find out what that is, or Abraham, okay? "'And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, "'laid Isaac, uh, laid it upon Isaac, his son. "'He took the fire in his hand and the knife, "'and they went both together.'" Now watch this, verse seven. "'Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father, and said, "'My father,' he said, "'Here I am, son.'" He said, Behold the fire in the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? He's just trying to figure it. Now, you know, we always have a lamb with us. What's going on here? And watch this. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself. God will provide himself. That's what he was saying there. God will provide himself a lamb. And he did. He provided himself. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering, so they went both up together. Amen. So we know the story, if you go on reading, you know, that Abraham, you know, he raised up that knife to kill his son. And of course, the angel had to shout out twice, Abraham, Abraham! I can just hear the second time. Why? Because Abraham was going to lay that, son, that knife into his son's chest. And, and he stopped him. And uh, in fact, he says, I love this part, he said, Verse 12, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and offered up that ram as a burnt offering in the place of his son or instead of, or in the place of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is today in the mount of the Lord, uh, shall, shall, it shall be seen. The word Jehovah-Jireh means the Lord, my provider. Amen. Say this out loud, Jehovah. uh, uh, Jehovah-Jireh, Jehovah-Jireh is, my is my provider. Amen. But what was interesting about this thing <clears throat> is was that <clears throat> He offered, God required of him, and this is all covenant. We're gonna talk about this just for a second and winding this up because I'm not got time to share some other things I can share next week. But but there was covenant language in this in this whole incident that was going on, this this planned journey that God had for, for Abraham to offer up his only son. You're trying to figure out what is going on. Well, let me let me just share it this this way. He in in fact, um uh, Verse 16, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. Look, look, look at verse 17, because you'll see the same thing he said to him 40 years earlier. He said, In blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed, that's Christ, shall possess the gates of his enemies, verse 18, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I mean, amazing, isn't it? How that faith and obedience on Abraham's part was such a drastic thing. It brought brought redemption to the entire human, human race. Let me explain it this way. Abraham understood covenant relationship. He understood the power of a covenant. And this was what was going on in his mind for those three days that he was journeying up to that mountain to sacrifice his son. Here's what was going on in the mind of Abraham. He says, I have a covenant with God. And that covenant is so powerful that, that listen to this, that if God is requiring the death of my son, in turn, I'm going to expect the resurrection of my son. And in fact, in Hebrews, look at Hebrews 11, this is exactly what happened. In Hebrews 11:17. 17, by faith Abraham, when he was put to the test, while the testing of his faith was still in progress, had already brought Isaac for an offering, who had gladly received and welcomed God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son. Watch this. Of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. For Abraham reasoned that God was able to raise him, Isaac, even up from among the dead. So indeed, in the sense that Isaac was figuratively dead, potentially sacrificed, he did actually receive him back from the dead. Is that powerful? He knew. He he was convinced convinced in his heart that that blood covenant, that covenant that he entered into with God, he was was completely convinced that, okay, God, if you want him, you can have him. But I'm telling you right now, I'm expecting that you're going to raise him back up from the dead. Is that powerful or not? And see, that was all, again, parallels, types and shadows that God God was saying to him, because you are willing to offer up the the, the son that you love, uh, then I'll be willing to offer up the son that I love. That was the, that's the legalities of this covenant. God could not enforce the covenant of redemption without someone in the earth following through, following completely through with uh, what was required, and that is that divine connection between heaven and earth. Because Isaac offered up his son, God was legally uh, able to offer up his, his only son. Is that powerful or, or what? What's my point? My point is this. You know, God has put... God has put um, uh, Talents and gifts into every one of you. He's in, 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 and not culture hasn't changed. It hasn't changed since the day Jesus gave that example of the master who made a great supper in Luke the 14th chapter. And he invited all his friends. And listen, listen, every one of them, not every one of them had an excuse. Every one of them. Excuse themselves from this great supper, and why? Three reasons: business cares, worldly cares, and family cares. That, and they became the three distractions that have been the church's problem since the church was birth two thousand years ago, and. You can excuse yourself, and there's people in our church that have, there's ta- they have different talents. We all have talents, but in different areas, and yet we're not using them for God. We're excusing ourselves because of all the other stuff that we value above uh, the house of God, the work of God, and the ministry of God. But listen to me. God is so awesome that he will honor his covenant. And if you will give those talents and use them for his glory, he will multiply great blessings back into your life. Amen. This woman down here, Lindy, she has been working at the bookstore. How many years have you been doing this, Lindy? Amen. And she gets paid about 100,000 a year working at the bookstore. It's a tremendous blessing. And um, no, she hasn't taken a dime, won't take a dime. And she's been working. She comes in every day. She comes in, works hours at that book to make it everything that it's up there, works with Angie, and has never taken a dime for it. And, And I'm telling you right now, God is and will continue to bless your lives because of that. And she's not doing it because we're coercing her, manipulating her, making her feel guilty. You know, no, she just, that is in her heart. I'm just saying you cannot serve God in him not reward you and bless you for for your for your service. Can I have an amen? And I don't care what it is. I mean, when you get to church on Sunday, there's been so many that's come to Faith Family Church recently and said, you know, the Pastor, you don't move me in my heart. The moment I stepped through those doors, I was greeted by such kindness and caring people. Not phony, not phony people. You know, not phony, you know, welcome. A real genuine, I appreciate you, I value you. And we do. And that, see, that we do. Pastor Vicky and I value everyone. And I think that value gets on our kids and that value gets on our our leadership that value and that value gets on you as a congregation. So when new people come to the door, we don't freak them out, but we welcome them, we make them feel welcome because we value everyone that comes through those doors. Can I have an Amen? So even that is part of your ministry. Your ministry, I tell my staff all the time, sometimes they get frustrated with them because of the fact that uh, we're just we're all the same. We want to just get around the people that we're comfortable with. Oh, yeah, good to see you, Terry. We just saw you yesterday, just saw you last night, saw you this morning, saw you sounding so nice. And and all of a sudden, we because of that, we, we waste our time, or, or we don't we miss the opportunities to really greet uh, the people that really do need to be greeted, and, and and invested in. Can I have an amen? So I just want to let you know that that God will bless your life. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord uh, your provider. If, on the other hand, if you give Him very little time uh, with your life, if you get, I mean. It's not funny. I mean, it's, it's even hard for us to get outdoor greeters. It's hard, for us to get, it's hard for us to get greeters. It's hard for us to get people working in the nurseries and children's ministries. And, and I bless their hearts. Let's give a clap offering to all the children's ministries, including many of you that are in here. I mean, you miss out. Ushers, I mean, mercy, uh, they got it easy because they get to be in every service. I'm just saying, you know. But, but, but use your gifts and talents. Uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in the local church, and God will bless you for it. Can I have an amen? I'll close. I'll close. Read Matthew. Go to Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. We'll wind up there. But I just want to encourage you tonight to let you know that God is your rewarder. Um, he's the one that's going to bless your life. Uh, praise the Lord! You know, we used to joke years ago. We had, we came to Falls, You know, we didn't have a whole. We didn't have a whole lot, and. Um, uh, I mean, we were grateful for what we had, but we weren't, you know, we were just living week by week. And um, um, we used to joke, go to a restaurant, we'd say, well, we're hoping, we're hoping while we're, well, we're eating, Brother Hagan walks in so he can buy our lunch. <laughs> Why? Because we were so broke, we are hoping somebody would buy it. Anyway, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, let's read this for a moment, as we wind this down tonight. Matthew 6, it says this, Jesus said, Verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither, uh, neither moth or rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasures, now listen to me, he says, where your treasures, there will your heart be also. He didn't say where your heart is, there will your treasure be. He says, what you value the most is what you will give yourself to. Amen. And you're here, to, and I do, I'm not preaching to the choir. You're here tonight because you value what is taught here on Wednesday nights. You value the word of God. You value the house of God. You value the worship of God. Can I have an amen? amen. And so that's why you're here. So then he goes on and says this, uh, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore that I eye be single, if you're single-minded in your walk with God, if your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if an eye be evil, if you're always distracted by everything other than your commitment uh, in your walk with God and your service to God, he says your, 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 um, your light that is in thee will be darkness and how great that darkness will be. Now, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one... And you're going to hate God and love the other, or you're going to also be wholly a to or devoted to the one, that's God, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money or, or the temporal things. Look at now verse 25. Now listen to this. He has just um, uh, drafted 12 disciples into his ministry. And they all have families. They all have kids. And so, you know, they're probably concerned. How am I, you know, so how are we going to take care of my family? I'm out here helping you. So God, he, obviously they had that on their hearts or he wouldn't have brought it up. So he wanted them to know, just as God wants you, know to, you to know tonight. Here's what he says. He says, therefore, I say to you, take no thought, because this is where it's at right here. Amen. Take no thought. Take no thought. I've had people say, Pastor, I've got, I work three jobs. I can't come to church on Wednesday night. I can't come to church on Sunday. Well, something's got to give. You're going to have to make some adjustments because you have to have spiritual sustenance in your life. And listen to me, when you're working three jobs, you ain't got any energy to even open your Bible to look at a scripture, much less grow in grace and truth. Can I have an amen? So these services are for a purpose. They're to help to inspire you, to help you grow, to help you stay strong, to encourage you, to bless you and to and to get other people's support on your side, and he goes on and says this. He says, uh, "Take no thought for your life. What are you going to eat? What you're going to drink? Or what you're going to wear?" Amen. That's why sometimes I ha- even have a problem with the prosperity message in this respect. It, it, stop and think about this. Jesus said, "Jesus said, don't take thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink." And what you're gonna wear. Now tell me, is that the three most basic things we think about in life? Now be honest, that's the things we think about? Yeah, we do. That's the things we think about. And God said, no, 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 don't go there. Just, just don't, don't take those thoughts. He goes on and says this. That, behold, the fowl, or, or is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Now, they may not have caught that right away, but how many agree that your spiritual life is far more significant than anything in the natural that you have? Because you can have things in the natural and lose them tomorrow. You can. I mean, lose them tomorrow. Um, you, can have, you can have money and lose your health tomorrow right? You, you, you can have health and lose your marriage tomorrow. I mean, I'm telling you right now, just all these natural things are constantly changing, but the promises of God never change. Hallelujah. So he's saying that. He's just encouraging people. He says, behold, and he gives an example, the fowls of the air, they don't sow, neither do they reap, and, uh, nor gather, do they gather in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more be- the, the, better than they? Answer the question, are you better than them? Yes. Amen. Then he says, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature. And why take you thought? He, he says it five times. And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, do they spin? And yet I say, even Solomon, in all his beautifully arrayed, uh, you know, all he's arrayed with all the beauty of his garments, he says, I mean, it don't hold a candle to the beauty of a lily. Isn't that cool? He just wants you to know that you may be right now shopping at Walmart, but praise God, someday you can shop at a better store. I mean, and and today, you know, clothes aren't they what they used to be, you know, I mean, we just thank God we have clothes. Can I have an amen? And we thank God people wear clothes. Wear clothes. Wherefore if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is, is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought. There it is again saying, "Hey, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear?" For after all these things that Gentiles seek after, for your heavenly Father knows, say God knows, God, knows. God say God knows everything I need. God knows everything. Amen. And your father knows you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 34, take therefore no thought for tomorrow. So in here, he's just simply, God's going to take care of you. Don't worry about the temporal. Just keep your focus on the eternal. Keep your focus on advancing the kingdom of God in the lives of people. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. You see, I'd I'd love to have, right now it's, it's, it's May Wouldn't it be nice, by September, we have another hundred people that are lining the walls, praise God, that are new because you went out and advanced his kingdom. Can I have an amen? That's what life's all about. And that's when God will bless your life and provide for your every need. In closing, I just want to say this. In 1971, we got married. And it is true. I had nothing. We had nothing. In fact, if it would have been for the money we got at the wedding, we wouldn't have got out of town. And, and that is the truth. And so, so, um, so we moved to, our first house was a trailer house, eight by 28, amen. Eight by 28, didn't take long for me to catch my wife. Eight by 28, just, I mean, really, really tiny. And then for, oh, lighten up, praise God. And, and then, and then, and then, and then and then from there, we moved into a, a, another little house in the country. From there, another little house in the country, paying $35 a, a month rent. And one day, my precious wife, bless her heart, she said, I'm moving to town, and you can come with me or not. And remember, in those days, I was, I was still doing drugs and stuff. She said, I'm going to town. I found a house. And, and, uh, and I said, well, how much is it? $75 a month. I said, how are we going to afford that? I know some of you look at me like this was 1930s. This wasn't that long ago. And so I, you know, went with her. Didn't know how we were going to make it. And then we built a new home in 1976. First new home we built in 1976. It was a beautiful uh, ranch. We had three acres of land. We had a beautiful, uh, I suppose it was a 30, uh, maybe, you know, 20, 20 foot deep pond. Uh, we had fishing. It was just beautiful. And, um, uh, and then, of course, 1980, we were there for four years, and God called us to Ramah. So we sold our everything, and we went to Ramah. And when we came up, to, came up here to Sioux Falls, God literally, I mean, again, he told us to come here. I mean, it's, it's, he, he told us to come here. So we came. Within two hours that we entered the town, God had a home for us. Amen. Within two hours. He wanted to let us know that he's gonna take care of us. He's gonna take care of us, amen. We didn't start with rich people, and we've never had rich people in our church. We just had wonderful, loving people that believed in the vision and supported the vision. And God has always taken care of us. And if God takes care of the shepherd, how many believe that he'll take care of the sheep? He is so faithful. So I I wanna close and pray for you tonight. But I want you to trust God because we have, at times, have had our 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 backs against the wall financially. We have, at one point many years ago, I'm, uh, we thought we were going to have to lay the staff off because we just the finances are that tough. But you know what? God is so gracious. God is so gracious. I could tell you story after story of the miraculous. I mean, yeah, we had a real you know, tough time back in like 1992. Uh, no, 1992. My wife had a vision. And it, it, in, the, in the vision, she saw us, we were in a circle as a staff, and she saw us all fall backwards into a pool of, of water. And back in those days, it was called the NST Plunge. How many remember that advertisement, the NST Plunge? Oh, a lot of, it was just a cool advertisement. And not realizing that 1990, 1993, uh, that um, I'm not sure what year, but 93 or something like that, that um, Amy and Matt uh, were with us, and she had lost, uh, she had carried a little baby boy for five months and lost it, it died inside of her. And so, and then we were going through some tough times financially for the ministry, and um, so Matt, my son-in-law. Says, won't we? It was a Sunday night. Won't we get together and pray? And uh, and of course, you know, hey, nothing else works. Why don't you pray? <laughs> so we got together Sunday night and we started praying. It was as dry as the summer wind. I mean, I mean, we sat at the altar over in the other church building, just. Pray, and I mean, I didn't want to pray. I was so overwhelmed and depressed, and and uh, and then they were because they lost a baby, and and so Vicky gets up and she's standing up here, and all of a sudden she goes, um, she was praying in tongues. She goes, "Do any of you feel like there's water coming to your mouth?" And we're all looking at her like. Uh, what have you been drinking, you know? And um, she goes, yeah. And so she prayed a little longer. She stopped. She goes, are you guys feeling anything? I mean, like uh, rushing water is coming in my mouth. They're just rushing. And, of course, we looked at her like, I don't know what's going on with you. And as she's looking at us, now Vicky's a very proper woman. And, I mean, she always gets mad at me if I burp in front of anybody. In fact, just last week she did. She got, you know. And... Um, And, but she stood there and all of a sudden she went, and she burped the loudest burp you ever heard in your life and slid down the side of the pulpit drunk as a skunk. She was no, not natural wine. She was drunk in the spirit. We've never, ever seen anything like that before. Had never experienced anything like that. Never knew anything existed. In fact, we'd never heard of Rodney Howard Brown, even though Rodney Howard Brown, uh, something like that was going on uh, down there, but we'd never heard anything. Because those days, and we didn't have computers, you know what I'm saying, all all the stuff we have today. And, and, And when she burped and slid down, that hit all of us. And we hit we, nobody to catch nobody. We just were slaying in the spirit and laughing uncontrollably till midnight, non-stop. And we did that for seven straight days. And God was refreshing us because we needed refreshing. It had nothing to do with us being, it was just happened. We weren't trying to make it happen. It just happened. It was a divine visitation from God. It was just beautiful. A time of refreshing. But listen to this. One week later, Brady, it's powerful. One week later, the finances just like you turned a uh, spigot on, and the finances just started pouring into the ministry. And it was just miraculous in every way. Come on, let's give God praise. Yeah. yeah. So God is faithful, and he'll be faithful to you. You love him. Don't, don't seek the hand of God. Just seek the heart of God. But I wanna pray for you tonight, and then we're gonna receive the offering. And I want God to bless you. And if you are struggling financially, I want tonight you just to put that in God's hands, and you trust him. And you ask him tonight, God, just provide for my every need, and he will do that. Amen? Amen? Let me pray. Father in heaven, I thank you tonight for everyone that's been online. I pray for them, and I pray for each one here tonight, God. Father, first of all, we want to thank you that everything in the natural is subject to change. Can you give him praise for that? And God, we know that they're changed by our faith in your word. And Lord God, just as Abraham, he trusted you, he believed in that covenant. And God, he was willing to give up that which he valued the most. And because he did, God, that act of such great faith has impacted our lives today with salvation. And God, thank you. And Lord God, I pray for each and every one tonight for their giving, Lord, as they even bring their seeds tonight, God, planting a seed. But God, I also know that they already have great seed in the ground. Let's give him praise that he's given you seed. It's in the ground, it's growing, and God, just as we've been celebrating, God, the payoff of of the construction note, I believe, God, for great financial breakthroughs for each and every one in our church, God. Would everyone lift their hands by faith, by faith, give him praise? I said, by faith, give him praise. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. For those, Lord, tonight that are struggling financially, I thank you, God, that you are Jehovah a gyra, the Lord who provides, and you will provide for them, God, even as you always have through the centuries. And we roll the cares of this situation, financial struggles, into your hands, trusting you for the miraculous and the supernatural. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said amen. amen. Give God a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.